All right, everybody, shalom, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world, and you are a part of it wherever you are. Shalom, and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Hey there, people. Welcome to the show. You're not the only one here in the land of Israel at this moment. We also got the President of the United States of America also in Israel at this moment. But I don't know if he's listening to our show. He is busy right now. He is busy. He's done a lot of nice things. He was at Yad Vashem already. He was at the airport. He also checked out all kinds of, I think he checked out uh, like security stuff, like security, like the Iron Dome and the new Iron Laser, you know, because it shoots lasers, okay? And he was uh, already uh, in town uh, doing his thing and uh, shaking hands and, and making connections, and, and he's uh, he's... He's in town for the next three days. So welcome. That feels like a lot. I'm a little, not that, look, a lot of you guys are from the United States, okay? And so your president is so welcome here. Bruchim abayim, okay? Representative of you, very welcome over here. But it happens to be that he also has like a pretty long history of, I don't know, controversial sort of relationship a little bit with Israel something's kind of nice something's kind of not so nice and he's gonna be here it's not like he popped in for like a little Kotel moment with a few political handshakes and like something about his political campaign and just trying to like come in and out three days for the president of the United States of America to be in Israel is quite a lot and already, without even having done very much, there's already a lot of hubbub about his itinerary and who he's going to be meeting with and who he's what he's going to be doing that's public, let alone what he's going to be doing that's private. Um, for example, he's going to be visiting um, a hospital in eastern Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives and Augusta Victoria Hospital. And an Israeli representative or Israel called the Biden team was like, hey, we would love to send an Israeli representative to with you to this hospital, which is like in Jerusalem, which is our capital. And they're just like, no, because it's an Eastern Jerusalem hospital that serves the Arab community primarily. Mm -hmm. And they don't want an Israeli representative there. Why? Well, I don't know. You could offer a, a few different theories. One of the theories could be that, um, you know, they don't want to upset the Palestinian Authority that they're going to go be meeting with and that they don't want to um, come off as having like Israeli handlers everywhere they go. But it is off-putting to Israelis to be told in their own capital city at their hospital at which, you know, they provide the electricity to that they are not allowed to go there with the with the Biden team. And Biden's supposed to be meeting with Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority. And he's going to be offering them apparently at least $100 million toward Palestinian hospitals, he says, which has to do with this visit to the Eastern Jerusalem Hospital, which is distinctly not a Palestinian Authority hospital. So one must wonder. Uh, if you go to Jerusalem and you go to one of the Israeli hospitals, it is full of Arabs, Arab patients, Arab doctors, Arab nurses. If you go to Augusta Victoria, no Jews can be treated there pretty much. I don't know they, if they like turn you away yeah, they, if you're bleeding, but... No, they, they actually have turned away terror victims. Really? Yes. 
Yes, yes. Especially during the knifing incidents and stuff really? like that. Really? They're yeah. like, no, you can't come here? Yeah, they're like, uh, go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Maybe for your own safety. But the point is, is that like apartheid, apartheid, I say, it's like you can, you know, Israeli hospitals are full of Arabs, Arab hospitals not full of Israelis and Jews. You know, you I, know bu- I bumped into I bumped into this uh, uh, you know famous anti-Israel narrative warrior in Hebron named Isa Amru. We had a long conversation, and he kept saying to me, well, "We want is equality. Why do we want is equality? That is all we're asking for: one state, one vote, one man, one person. We want equality. That's all we're asking for." I'm like, "Is there even one democracy?" in the whole Middle East, one Arab democracy. He's like, it does not matter. Only here and now. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, what about, uh, what about Israeli Arabs? They have exactly what you're calling for. And yet they're jihadist and burnt down 10 synagogues in Lod, you know, uh, just uh, two years ago. It's like, how do you explain this thing? Like, I keep saying to you that there's jihad and there's ideology. I can't give away my country to you you voting in equality because you're going to vote me out and and use it and i'm like and he's like no 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 there's going to be peace and i'm like look at this example here is exactly you guys just in a different status and how does that work out right how does that work out well he you know he found he found a way around that but my, my point is how what is my point here my point is is that it's a one-way it's a one-way street we give more rights they take more rights we do not get more rights in their world, in their countries, uh, and certainly in the in the, in the PA. Um, so that's exactly what the hospital thing is. It's like they can go into our hospitals. They could be doctors and nurses. They'll go through our training. That will 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 raise them. Will will you know? And they'll they'll take that. But we can, of course, never go into their world. That world is closed off to us. You're not allowed to go into Palestine. Not allowed to go into their hospitals. And wherever they are, they ethnically cleanse the Jews. On the other hand, though, on the other hand, I think that we are also in a moment where the Biden administration, taking a cue from the Trump administration, but just not wanting to use that lingo, is going to try to further the Abraham Accords. And we are moving towards, and that's the rumors, and that's the hubbub, and that's the, 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 the atmosphere, which is we're moving towards some kind of rapprochement, some kind of relationship with Saudi Arabia. Why does the Biden administration want that, though? Like, I understand why the Trump administration would want that. And they are the, of course, the initiators of the Abraham Accords. And they really should have somebody should have won a Nobel Prize for that. But okay, we won't talk about that now. Right. But why does the Biden administration want Israel to have peace with Saudi Arabia? I don't think they do so much. But I think that that's the trend and they don't want to kind of miss out and having some kind of, you part know, in it. some kind of part in it. And um, there's probably some machinations that I don't understand exactly. Uh, but it's, you know, and I don't know how hard they're really working on it. Um, they seem it's, it's hard to tell. I, I don't trust uh, the, the Biden administration. I think that they do want to make an Iran deal. There's a lot of statements now that Iran will not get a nuclear bomb, but I think that, that that's what we're moving towards. Um, with regarding to Saudi Arabia, look, if you empower both Iran and you, and you empower Israel and Saudi Arabia, then you have an arms race, and then somebody benefits. You know, that's always, that's always one way to think about it. Another thing is that they want right now 
the transference of these two islands in the Tehran Straits at the, at the southern tip of the Red Sea. There's a transference of these two little islands, which were once Israeli after the Six-Day War, about till like 1980, they were Israeli and should have always stayed Israeli. But uh, there's a transference of ownership between Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and Israel wants to make sure that it has navigation rights there. They want it, Israel wants it in writing because, you know, Jews are like, we got to see it in writing. You know, it's got to be written down so that, like, we can, you know, if there's a change, we can be like, we can run to the international organizations and make sure that, you know, it's kept up the way we promised each other, right? Instead of being like, fine, you want a handshake on it? No problem. But if you mess with us, we'll come down and crack some skulls. You know what I mean? No, we're not going to say that kind of stuff. But the Americans are interested in this. And in order to do this, they have to be there and kind of, I think there's a chopper overhead. It might be uh, Biden himself. It sounds like it's going towards Jordan. I don't know. Actually, I think it's going towards Jerusalem from the south here. Uh, but, but I don't know. In any case, the, the Biden administration wants to help this deal happen, and they want to give insurances to Israel. I, there's a, you know, the truth is, Malka, there's a lot of machinations out there. There's a lot of stuff. Speaking of machinations, I want to go back to Biden for a second. You know, I was looking. I was we looking, never left. You know what I mean? I want to go back to him specifically. Oh, okay. I, want to, I want to talk about him and his relationship with Israel. Um, as I was preparing for the show, I was looking up like some of his history. And actually, one of the most famous Menachem Begin quotes ever sure. was inspired by Joe Biden. Sure. Did you guys know this? I want to read it to you. OK, here. Biden. This is from an article in the yeshiva dot com. I'm just taking it, taking it from there. But it's you can find it lots of places. Yeah. Biden has attacked Jews for living in the Jewish homeland throughout his political career, they say. In 1982, then-Senator Biden threatened then-Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin during a Senate Foreign Relations Committee meeting to cut aid to Israel if Israel refused to agree to Biden's demands to stop Jews from, from living in Judea and Samaria. I don't know if it was to stop living Jews from living there, but they didn't want them to expand at all. No more houses for, for, for Yudin out in Judea and in, Samaria. In Judea. Okay. So then Begin says, and, and Biden like pounds his fists on the table. And then... Menachem Begin speaks up and he says this. Don't threaten us with cutting off your aid. It will not work. I'm not a Jew with trembling knees. I'm a proud Jew with 3,700 years of civilized history. Nobody came to our aid when we were dying in the gas chambers and ovens. Nobody came to our aid when we were striving to create our country. We paid for it. We fought for it. We died for it. We will stand by our principles. We will defend them. And when necessary, we will die for them again, with or without your aid. Mic drop. We're out. I think there's more to that quote also. We're not, like, we're not, a, uh, you know, we're not like a, just a, a puppet republic. Uh, I think I saw something like that. Hang on. Let's see yeah. if I can find it. In any case. He says this. Wait, 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 wait. I, I have it here. Just a second. Dead air is, is not he good says, for okay. He says, <laughs> okay. He says, then Begin says, this desk. No, no, no. This is it. I read it to you already. No, that's, there's nothing more there. I, I, more I, there. I recall. He says, this desk is designed for writing, not for fists, he tells Biden. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, Begin made such powerfully bad errors, but he was a real eloquent speaker. Oh yeah. That's and he for really sure. and he really believed in the Jewish people and he really loved the Jewish people. Yeah. And he um was a very proud Jew. Uh I highly recommend people read the book The Prime Minister, it's one of the best books uh about Israel and about uh, Israeli history. Speaking of Israeli history, Maka, uh, this week there was three weddings in Hebron. Wow. And a, f- and a fourth one tomorrow night. There's like a wedding every night that in Hebron. That is fun, fun, fun. And then we have the three weeks. Well, no weddings. Like that. We have no weddings in the three weeks. I got to tell you something. Three weeks, I love the Torah. I love God. I love the rabbis and the sages. But there should convene, in my opinion, a little... A little, uh, a little gathering, okay. Meeting of the elders. Yeah, little elders of Zion meeting, okay, and and they should be like, okay, three weeks, we got to knock that down. Now we're back in the land of Israel, and we got to bring that three weeks. I get it, seventeenth of Tammuz, fast day to the three weeks later to the ninth of Av. I get it, but we, I think that we need to curtail that a little bit. It's eating away too much of our summertime. Too many of our weddings are being curtailed. Too much swimming time and stuff like that. I say bring it down to the nine days, okay? Uh, I say bring it down a little bit. Uh, but in any case, uh, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, three weeks are a time of mourning for Jews between 17th of Tammuz, uh, and, which, is, which is this Shabbat slash Sunday, all the way to the 9th of Av. And basically, people do a lot less, like, we don't listen to music, as much, we don't listen to music live music, and we curtail stuff, uh, and then we go to the nine days. We curtail them even more. Sfaradim uh, curtail only really f- from the week of the the ninth of Av. But in any case, I just say let's 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 minimize that. But I'm, what what I'm trying to tell you, Maka, is that in fact now, wedding after wedding after wedding, our our old friend, the decorator, the decorator lady in Chevron, who's a you know the great the one yes. we use for the bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. What's your name again? Oh shit, I forgot it. It'll come back to me. It's like it's like a name that, that reminds me of something, and then I it, anyway triggers it. Anyway, so she is working all the time right now. Okay, she is out there right now, uh, beautifying uh, weddings every night in Hebron. So she's she's got the job. She she's the the lone person for that. And I've and I've also done groups every single day. And I want to give a big thumbs up to NCSY, one of the most important young. Young Jewish people are in the house. That's right. One of the most important young people's Jewish organization in America, and especially TJJ, which is something that stands for something, but I don't know what it is. But TJJ bus tours are coming en masse. Totally Jewish. Jumping. Okay. Towards. uh, Towards. Something. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. Remember Jay, Bla- I'm totally stuck. Remember Blazing Saddles with the... I didn't actually Howard, watch... Howard Johnson is right. I didn't <laughs> Joe watch... Joe Johnson speaks the truth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Johnson is right about this. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> so, so TJJ, they are bringing Jewish groups, young Jewish groups to Hebron, and I keep on being like... I tell the Israeli folks in Hebron, I'm like, do you understand how many hoops these people had to jump through? They had to bring these kids, a lot of them from public schools, Jew- from non-Jewish, just regular public schools. They had to get these Jews to be Jewish. They had to get them on an Israel trip. They had to get their parents to agree to the Israel trip. They had to get people to pay for the Israel trip. Then 
On top of that, they had to give them the best rabbis, and then they had to get them to Hebron. Did you like like we're talking about New Jersey, five towns Jews in secular public schools, and they are getting to Hebron. So I want to give a prize to somebody at the NCSY TJJ. I want to give them like a thumbs up and be like, you are a rock star. You have done a huge thing for Am Yisrael. And uh, and I've told you also, Malka, that, that this week I started interviewing them a little bit, not for radio, although I really should now that I think about it. But people have been reporting to me that young people have been reporting to me that in the secular public schools, they are facing overt anti-Semitism, like including what? lots and lots of swastikas. That is a normal thing now. Wow. They have, today horrific. they told me it is a norm. Swastika is a norm. Pennies being thrown at Jews, being like, pick it up, Jew. And this girl told me that, 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 that her friend, friend is a Jewish girl, went out with a non-Jew, when throughout the date, the, the non-Jew found out that, that, that she was Jewish. He's like, you pay for the food. You're Jewish. Something like that. That's sick. And, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And, like, and, and like, that's on a date. Like That's somebody who was interested in somebody else. Right. So, like, what can I tell you? I'm just like, but any case, these kids, actually, the kids that face the anti-Semitism, a lot of them are actually the stronger ones. I, I actually did an NCSY group of, of these, these public school kids, and I compared them a little bit to the same area of kids that are in the Jewish schools. The Jewish schools ones seemed a little bit more coddled, a little bit more, actually, how should we say, less on edge. Le- less they haven't been challenged in their yes, beliefs. Yes. Yes, they're just a little bit more like blase about everything. In any case, I was completely shocked that the places that I grew up in are really facing real regular anti-Semitism. Now, the kids say, they're like, these, other, these kids don't know what they're saying. They haven't studied it. They haven't researched it. They're just following a fad. Wait, who's following a fad? The the anti-Semites. The anti-Semites? Oh, it's just like cool, so we're doing it? That is what they that say. seems hard to believe. But they all agree, by the way, that, that there is hardcore pro-Palestinianism in all these places. And when I said to them, pro-anti-Israelism is nothing but the legitimate, a legitimate way to express anti-Semitism. They're like, yes. They were the not... Kids. The kids. The kids were totally not shocked by my formulation. I was like, anti-Israelism is just a legitimate way to uh, to to project to go against the Jews in a in a so like a, a politically acceptable way. Right. And they were like, "Yes." All right. But so basically I I'm having I'm talking about of two feelings that are that are contradictory. One is the awesomeness of these beautiful kids coming to Hebron, putting on tefillin, singing songs today, just being so beautiful uh, and and awesome. And we, today we talked about loving every Jew, and they were so into it, and and That's just like nice. I'm just like wow. These and these kids, are kids from Jewish communities. They're not like no, people out in the sticks. They're from places like in Hewlett, Long Island, and and Bridgewater, and just it's just like areas of concentration of Jews, but they are not from religious homes, and they go to public schools. You know, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and I faced a little bit of anti-Semitism. But I remember the one guy who drew a swastika, the one guy, and made, like, some Hitler comments to me. But, like, 
I, you know, I thought that I grew up with like, and it was hard to be Jewish where I was growing up as much as it was a good place where I grew up. But because there wasn't a Jewish community and I was kind of alone and everything, I thought it was hard. And, but no one ever threw money at me or did any of that stuff. Like, it sounds like the kids in like mainstream New Jersey are having a harder Jewish upbringing than I had in like the 80s and 90s in the Bible Belt with no Jews. Maka. That's you, pretty amazing. You can't compare the Instagram generation. Right. You can't compare it. It's a totally different thing. They, they live a totally different life. And fads are faster and they spread faster. The, the issue of viral, the word viral. Do you buy that this is a fad? I, like, like cherry Coke? No, no, no. It's not like cherry Coke, but I buy that it is cool to express anti-Jewish and certainly anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian. Pro-Palestinian, by the way, is pro-Palestinian is the legitimate way to be anti-Israel, which is the legitimate way to be anti-Semitic. Right. So, so the gateway drug is pro-Palestinianism. Uh, I, ironically, I think it's all going to turn around on the pro-Palestinian folks. What do you mean? A lot of these young Jews are going to make Aliyah. A lot of these young Jews are just going to come and strengthen this great country. They're just, you, could, you know, you could just see it. You could just see it. Uh, you could just see it. They're they're really gonna they're really gonna come here and it's that whole like adage like hard times make bad times make good leaders, good times make bad leaders kind of thing. Like the the being through the going through the ringer is something that like Jews over the course of millennia have experienced, and it's hor- it's horrible. And and as much as we don't want it, and we want to prevent it, and we want to shield the children from it for sure, like it ends up having positive side effects yeah it, it, it strengthens juice sometimes and it strengthens the resolve and i one of the questions i asked him i said who here feels like more proudly jewish so a lot of them said yes well i'm like but who here is afraid to show their judaism and i said here i want you to be able to tell me the truth wow i feel comfortable to say no this anti-semitism scares me and I'm less proud. I'm less. I'm less able to show my Judaism. And a few people raised their hands. Because I, 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 I didn't want them to. Because because some of the Jews. Right, were you're like, trying to like be tough. They're like, yeah, look at me. And this one girl's like, look at me. She had ring, Jewish rings all over. This wow. And, that. and and another and another girl. After I said that, because I wanted to give her a, a space to say that. Actually, you know, right, right? here she's, in the she's safe like, holy land where you she's can like, be she's yourself. She's like, you see this? I wear I wear this necklace, and sometimes I just I just you know I want to be able to just tuck it in. Yeah, so so I so I did say oi, that. Oi, 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 little nechon. yiddles. Nechon. All right, Maka, I just I do want to thank all the folks that make this show happen. We have some great sponsors. We have a new sponsor, uh, which I forgot to mention in the second half of the show with Rev Mike Forrest, so I'm going to make a double plug here now. And that's, by the way, that is what's coming up in my section with uh, Rev Mike Foyer, a great, excellent discussion on Parshat Pinchas. I'm very, I'm very happy. I got my mic going again, so things are working good. It was a great discussion about the Torah portion of Pinchas. Uh, but uh, one of our new sponsors is RetroWatchGuy.com. And RetroWatchGuy.com is about awesome retro watches. Right now, I'm looking at a tough 1970 Bulova. Is that the right way to pronounce it? Bulova, Bulova I think. Bulova? Bulova? I don't know. Isn't that like a Russian word? How would you say no, that? No, I don't think it's Russian. Bulova. And it's an Accutron Deep Sea 666 serviced. Uh, 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 look at this, Maka. Look at this cool thing. I'm showing it to you. Look at this cool watch. It's pretty. It's a cool diver's watch. Uh, it comes in at nine hundred forty-nine dollars, which is not cheap. 
but it also gives you that like awesome watch. Yeah, that's your like power watch. So let's say you're like you're like a you're like a wife who wants to get that you know that that gift for your husband something cool and and you've never gotten him that expensive cool watch. Check out Retro Watch Guy and this guy is Jewish. He's on the way to making Aliyah. He's thinking about how to make his awesome business, you know, uh, be uh, you know a, a gateway to coming to Eretz Israel to the land of Israel. Uh, and he's got this great business of style. Of um, I love, I love that these. I I personally love these watches also because I think it's so cool to have something that surely has like a story. Right. You know. That's right. That's right. It's neat. It's not like a old like scratched up thing that you're like it has a story. Also, it's like a beautiful like vintage thing that has a story that's right and there's some really fun ones here maka there's uh I, I really actually i think i like that 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 accutra i like diver watches you know i like i like tough kind of uh you know tough Practical. watches yeah but i want them to look a little tough i don't need them to look uh you know I, but there's all kinds not a pretty boy yeah but there are pre- if you are a pretty boy which is really cool for example a, the gnarly early 50s Alsto date chrono. It's just look at this one, Maka. Tell me if you like the, the the look of it. It's like a somebody's gonna love this watch. It's got you know. Look, Maka, check it out. You see that? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So so these are really fun and and it's a great it's a great business and I like it that it's a, like an international business that supports uh, the Ishai Fleischer show. So check out retrowatchguy.com and and really neat stuff uh, there and also their Instagram is hot and it's got it's got a little bit of um. It's got a little bit of a, um, a matrix, mm. he, like a little bit of a matrix, like mm-hmm. that. That like cool. I don't know. There's probably a name for it, you know, like like Art Deco. But I don't know what the name here is. It's like a kind of like you know, it's got these car, you know, the 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 Keanu cool, Keanu cool type of thing, whatever it's called. Uh, so that's definitely one of our uh, sponsors. We have another sponsor that we'd love to talk about, and that is our good friends uh, at Prohibition Pickle. Yes, I want to say two things. One, I was looking at their menu and I saw that I was looking at their platters and I have like a big blown up picture here because, you know, they're pop ups if you click on the stuff that you want to order. So there's a big blown up picture of the full size meat cholent for Kiddish. You can order six kilos of cholent at a time. Bam. That's like a party. You're done. You, you ordered a thing of cholent, meat cholent. It looks so amazing. You're done. But then what was cool is that I was on the website and a pop-up came up. It said free food. And basically, I don't know what the free food is, so somebody's got to sign up. Somebody go to prohibitionpickle.co.il and get the pop-up and put your email in there. And you get some kind of like coupon for something, but I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. So somebody has to go sign up Malka, and tell me what if, it was. If, you, if you're, we have actually, we have a, a lot of guests coming the Shabbos. Mm. And we have a, some we Prohibition Pickle. And we have a... A Dominican monk coming for Shabbat. I'm right? excited. Plus a Christian friend of Israel. Plus my mom. Plus Oh, uh, is she coming? I was gonna tell you my mom wants to come too. Oh. It's a party Shabbat. And therefore I believe that you should purchase some stuff at Prohibition mm. Pickle. Get a platter. A platter? Get, like a deli platter? Get a platter. Like a knish's platter? Do it. Just enjoy there's it. There's a lot of platters here. There's like a garlic roll deli sliders platter. I would like that. It looks really good. Mm. I'm going to blow up the picture because the website is so nice. Hang on. Maka, I think. Look, look. You see all that? Mm. Oh, that's a lot of carbs there for me. There. <laughs> yeah, but it looks good. Yeah, it does look good. <laughs> it's like, you know, cheat day. <laughs> 
there's cheat day and there's cheat day. (laughs) It's like it looks good. Soft bakery garlic rolls stuffed with four types of our house deli: horseradish, garlic mayo, mustard, and sweet pickles. Oh, that that. Come on, yeah. There's no calories on Shabbos. Uh, uh, that that is a misnomer, but but that's because you don't believe. If you had the faith. Darn it. Your faith is failing you. Oh, man. And just like that, five pounds. You see that? (laughs) If you'd had a little faith, you'd be slimmer. Prohibitionpickle.co.il. Great platter. That is a great platter, Malka. That does look a good platter. And I'm serious, though, Malka. Yeah. I am serious that you should order something. Okay, I'll try. uh, Because I think that we have a lot. I hope I'm not too late. I bet I'm not too late. No. Come on. I got a little time. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I can see what I can do. Uh, So that's prohibitionpickle.co.il. That's retrowatchguy.com. And also, of course, Hebron Fund, hebronfund.org. And I want to say this. Sometimes I talk about supporting the mothers and fathers. Right now, I write like at least an e- email or a, or a message a day being like, check out hebronfund.org forward slash tour. Take our English language tour headed by the great one and only Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum. Uh, and He's a legend. He's legendary. You get to do that tour with that rabbi. You that's got, like a thing. That's yeah. like a thing that you do in Israel. Yeah, that's right. Do not miss that. Hebronfund.org forward slash tour. Uh, and our other sponsors, uh, Israel 365 and the Israel Bible, which they make, Israel theisraelbible.com. And put on code Yisha. You get 10% off a beautiful, beautifully uh, uh, designed Bible, Jewish Bible with commentary, with transliteration so you could say the words if you even if you know how to, if you don't know how to speak hebrew uh, it's a beautiful beautiful product and i'm proud that the chef fleischer show sponsored by the israel bible i'm i'm proud to be sponsored by the bible we should, we should <laughs> yeah we should be, we should say sponsored by the bible that's right that's nice that's nice there you go uh thank you to the land of israel network uh, and and our and jeremy jeremy's on tour in the united states and uh, check out the fellowship they do great they put out a great uh great content there and check out jewishpress.com uh, with its wonderful, my favorite uh, uh, email of the day, and my daily email. I have a few that I like, and my number one one that I like. You were is, just showing me the other day. Yeah, it's really it, it. You know, it's not like the fanciest graphics, but it's got just the, the, the all the stories that you need. They're digested properly for you for you to understand uh, what's going on in Israel and the Jewish world. Uh, Malka, I want to thank you for joining me, and I want you to know that Mike Foyer is next. He did a great job this week. We talked about uh, the Torah portion of Pinchas. And we talked about leadership. We talked about leadership as President Biden's in town. We talked about the alternative leadership the Torah portion of Pinchas uh, affords the Jewish people, the next steps. I want to send out a message to the international Torah community. And I want everybody to contemplate the blessings of leadership. We need good leadership. If you think about it, the Torah is really a book about leadership for most part. Interesting. It's, it's really about the great folks that are that are leaders and it, it's a book of learning about leadership. Certainly the book of Bereshit, all the books, but 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 especially 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 now the book of Deuter- of uh, of numbers, what a silly name, the book of Bamidbar in the oh. desert, the book of Jewish politics. It's really the the book of of leadership. Let us pray together for good leadership. For all of our nations and for the world and certainly for Israel. And may Hashem uh, inspire our leaders and really be, let them be a conduit for his 
vision for this world. Amen. So that's for the International Torah Congregation. Listen up next for Rav Mike Foyer. I want to thank everybody for being with us. Uh, the show keeps going. I want to also thank Yocheved Seidman, Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou when we're live, like in the next half when we went live with Rav Mike on Facebook. And I want to thank you, Malka Fleischer, for joining the show. You are fabulous. Show hostess with the mostest. Thank you so much, Liz. You keep it up, Malka. You keep up the strength, okay? Keep it up. People, people rely on your strength, okay? One way to give Maka some strength is to go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash yeshai, buy her a cup of coffee, bang, she will be caffeinated and continue to uh, 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 project and broadcast the strength of Israel. Thank you, Maka Fleischer. Coffee is so tricky, though. Don't worry about it. I have, a, I have like a weird relationship this with coffee. This is VC, Maka, virtual coffee. Oh, okay? Nice. And, so and maybe that's right. All right, folks. God bless you. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. We'll be right back. Maka Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And Shalom. Don't worry. The Ishai Fleischer Show will be right back. So stay tuned. All right, everybody. Shalom. And welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Broadcasting live, live, live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. And shalom and welcome to Rav Mike Foyer. Rav Mike, shalom and welcome. Shalom, Yishai. It's great to see you. Great to be with you. Uh, it's fun, and we're broadcasting live on a beautiful Wednesday night, Yom Revi'i, uh, here in the land of Israel. Uh, and uh, the the you know, I have this great joke that I this old Jewish joke, and I I'm a collector of old Jewish jokes. And uh, you know, I always love want a joke that I wouldn't be able to start a speech with, uh, especially on Shabbat and some some far-flung synagogue, and I won't tell the whole joke, and I, I, I'll, I'll say it on the, on the full podcast with Malka, but the old joke ends, you know, bushes in Brooklyn. And uh, in this case, we have Biden in Israel, and Biden is at Yad Vashem, and I saw him, already the videos are coming out of him uh, uh, kneeling down and talking with Holocaust survivors and making statements like, uh, you know, um, I am a Zionist with also seemingly some care uh, to make sure that Iran is going to be kept in check. And there's some discussion about some kind of announcement uh, of a detente and understanding a regional cooperation with Saudi Arabia. And at the same time, there is a pledge of $100 million to East Jerusalem, Palestinian hospitals, and there's other hospitals that, that around the region, including in the Gulf, that, that the United States is pledging money for. It, it, it feels like a very old style, uh, a very old style tour to boost the, the numbers, to show the people that he's a man of the, the president is the man of the people. There's like this the kind of, you know, pledging money to hospitals, trying to bring people together, uh, you know, saying the right things, seeing the Israeli technology. That's also part of it. They brought uh, iron missile defense systems to the airport so he could check them out and stuff like that sales of armaments. Then there's also the oil issue, trying to get the Saudis to put out more oil, lower their oil prices and all that, you know, due to the Russian oil shortage and all that. And of course, as Moshe Herman already says, he says, hey, guys, how are those blocked roads? And that's so very true, uh, because for most of us here, what it really means is traffic and Jerusalem has been shut down. And and God bless the president of the United States. He's come here for three full days which means three days of traffic. So that's a, that's a lot of traffic. So I wanted to get your thoughts from Mike Foyer on, on uh, President Biden in Jerusalem and in Israel. What do you think about that? Well, you know, that old school feeling that you identified there, 
I think we could just call it what it is, which is the colonial posture, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, the United States sees itself as the world power, the the responsible adult in the room, right? And it comes to the region really pursuing its own interests. You can never forget that. It's own, which is fine, by the way. I mean, I expect countries to pursue their own interests. I wish that we ourselves looked at the world a little bit more that way. Um, but but you know, giving out a little largesse, which I mean, to be honest with you, better the United States should give a hundred million dollars to hospitals than to arms that are going to kill people to both sides of the conflict, mind you. Um, you know, and, and like you said, the, a certain sense of a patron visiting the client. Yes, right, right. But okay, but but yes, you, the first word patron makes a lot of sense to me. Like I'm a patron of the hospitals, and I mean, between me and you, a hundred million dollars to Palestinian hospitals trickles down to in my opinion to money to terrorism but that's that's my realpolitik attitude about it but okay uh but yes i think patron is very much the stance you know the 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 uh the coloration colonial stance yeah <laughs> you know and and th- there's simply nothing new and and that's what i find distressing it's that that, that there's there's no nothing bold listen trump Love him, hate him, you know, think he was the Messiah or the Antichrist, which we could probably find people on either side. At least he broke molds, right? That's why uh, Ambassador Friedman's book on his tenure, which I, I haven't actually read yet, but I spoke to him about it, is, is called Sledgehammer, right? Because they took a sledgehammer to so many assumptions. So Biden right. has come back to try to shore up those assumptions. The right. two-state solution, the... um. The idea that the United States is the real broker in the region, you know, all these things which are very tired and and in my humble opinion, counterproductive Mm because they keep feeding this illusion of, um, oh, we all really have the same interests at heart. If we could just put enough money and enough goodwill gestures and maybe Biden understands, maybe he doesn't. But the reality is, is we are in an ideological identity war. And either one side goes for victory or we reconceptualize what it is that we're doing in this land and the Arabs do as well. And we can come to some new modus vivendi. But the old way is actually in the long term only going to cause more suffering and death. Right. But, you know, it's the stuff that you're saying is so out of sync with the images that I'm seeing right now. It's very it's got it's it's actually a little bit. How can I say? Not exactly comical, but kind of like old guard. I feel like it's like a Prussian thing, you know. I feel like it could be mounted on horseback with a with a big feather coming out. It's like that's what I mean by colonial. Yeah. (laughs) And it's and by the way, when I say patron, I feel the patronizing part of uh it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, so I just want to say that people are saying some uh, some stuff. Uh, For example, uh, Shaul says an early Shabbat Shalom to everybody. Kasahun, get woo, get get a chow, get a chow. Says shalom and shalom to you, sir. And Lou Weiss, who helps us produce the show when we're live, looking and sounding good. What a difference a mic's make a mic makes. I think he's That's talking about C, you. Not That's a right. K-I, right? <laughs> and a Yitzi from jbrick.com of beautiful Jewish Lego says, waiting to see who will get the first handshake. Uh, well, they, do, they do you know, he was doing fist bumps. Yeah, because they want, bumps, they, want, they want the president to 
to did you see it was a fantastic picture that turned into a meme almost instantly of Bennett reaching out to shake like this and and uh, the president uh, Biden giving him the fist and someone said you know Bennett wins the first round out of 3 in rock paper scissors <laughs> yeah it was, it was i also really saw I also saw Israeli a, a, a little like clip of Israeli media being like, and the president has snubbed Benjamin Netanyahu. I don't think he shook his hand. And you see, you see Biden reaching out, shaking Netanyahu's hand vigorously. And you're like, media, what is wrong with you? What it's is so wrong with you? What? To propagate that reality, right. it's unreal. Now this is very exciting for me. My good friend Stephen Eisenberg says shalom from remote working in beautiful South Dakota. That is really is. cool. I wish Black I wish Hills I, country is fantastic. Yes, and and of course, and of course, uh, uh, Mount Rushmore is in South Dakota. That's cool. Carved out and of Black Hills. That's right. And I uh, was um, when we were in fourth or fifth grade, they were giving out states. Everybody had to do a report, and I was in the bathroom literally. And I came back. He <laughs> got went, stuck with South Dakota. No, which is cool. No, no, South Dakota was taken. I had North oh. Dakota. Oh yeah, North, North Dakota, Dakota, the only not le- the less exciting of the Dakotas. Any case, and we have Linda who says shalom from New York, and more people shalom, are coming Linda. in from all over the world. So shalom to all of you, uh, Rav Mike. It's it's interesting that we have uh, a President Biden here because it is also a Torah portion of leadership. It's a Torah portion of leadership, very much, uh, and there are at least three segments in this Torah portion that that deal with leadership and Absolutely. new players. That's what, And I think that's what you were saying, basically, like, oh, gosh, give me a new play. Well, for a new play, sometimes you need new players. And new yes. players, new heroes are added on, which is which I think, by the way, is very awesome of the Torah to, like, be like, yes, I'm going to introduce new, you know, n- new players, new new heroes for you to root for, new new folks to understand and to think about. And the next generation and, and the passing of the, the torch is in its, itself written in. And the first one who is passed the torch in this week's Torah portion is the one the Torah portion is named after, and that is Pinchas here in the land of Israel. It's Pinchas. And Torah that passed pin- the spear. <laughs> right. That's right. He passes the spear, and he's the one who uh, sees uh, uh, folks, the prince of the tribe of Shimon, uh, make a public uh, exhibition of, uh, of licentiousness and uh, takes matters into his own hands. Uh, and he is uh, the quintessential zealot. And he spears through uh, uh, this uh, prince of Shimon and, and his partner. Uh, and uh, he could easily have been called a murderer or have or was or could have been cut down himself. And yet he's uh, understood to be a unique character rewarded with with priesthood and also rewarded with be becoming in Jewish tradition. The, the kind of progenitor of the, the, the incarnation of the beginnings of uh, Elijah the prophet. So on that uh, level, that is, eternal life. Right, eternal life. That eternal life, by the way, is not like a just a gift. Oh, here you go. Here's eternal life because I like you so much. It's more like, oh, you're a zealot and therefore uh, and, and you and you are you only see kind of the dark. You sometimes see a little bit of the bad thing, the bad side in the Jews. I will make you into into a forever angel who will also see the redemption. You will herald the redemption. You will be there at every uh, circumcision ceremony. I want you to also see the good. That's part of the the Elijah trade, kind of. Yeah, you know. Well, you you named Elijah there at the end, and in, in, in case people aren't aware, 
that our sages teach that uh, Pinchas Hu Eliyahu, right? That, that Pinchas or Eliyahu Pinchas, depending on how you, you, you want to look at it, that Pinchas's soul was so bound up with the idea that a human being can put aside their selfhood and yet take action, not just in the name of God, but, but really channeling God's zealousness. It's, it's very important to note that because putting oneself aside and, and letting themselves fill with God is something that, you know, uh, humans do. We sit on hilltops and meditate. We, 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 you know, we completely retreat and contemplate or immerse ourselves in learning and prayer, etc. But Pinchas was an actor. Not just this is his sort of introduction to the story, but he continues as such until the day he dies, which we actually don't ever see him die. And then Elijah picks up the uh, gauntlet, as it were, picks up the spear and, and keeps going with this notion that it's possible for a human being to make decisive action on the behalf of God, right? And and the, the key in understanding how that could be is the ability to simultaneously remove yourself from the equation and yet relate very deeply to the specific situation in which you find yourself. It's a very difficult balance, which is why, like you pointed out, on one hand, the halacha is you know, boil our meat, canine pogimbo, anyone who has intercourse with a, essentially with a non-Jew, that, that a zealot actually is empowered to strike them down. At the same time, if you look into the codes of law, like the Shulchan Aruch, they discuss the fact that if I stop someone who claims to be a zealot in that act, that I've done the right thing. Why? Because we're very skeptical that really you can put yourself to the side. We saw a tremendous act of supposed zealotry at the Kotel, just recently with uh, some pretty angry Orthodox youth disrupting a bar mitzvah, you know, at the egalitarian section of the Kotel, I would suggest that that is the exact opposite of Pinchas. Be- because I've, I've actually gone toe-to-toe with many of these kids. Every once in a while I go down there and try to just make peace. And they're defending their own identity, which, which they have every right to do, but not like that, not as a Kanai. You defend your identity by building up. You defend your identity by strengthening your children and learning deeply and maybe drawing walls between you and others. That's fine. You don't defend your identity by trying to destroy others. Not unless you're Pinchas. It is, like it's supposed to be, a moral quandary. Yeah. It's oh, supposed yeah. to be. It's supposed to be this thing that if you're going to do it, you better think about it. And if you're thinking about it, you, you better think He's about too it late. again. No, if you're thinking about it, it's too late. To be, to be, uh, uh, well, you could still, I'm not sure that that's exactly true. Sometimes a zealot still has to, has to think about it. It's funny you say that because right before the show, uh, I was speaking to uh, Uri Karzan, the director general of the Jewish community of Hebron. And I, and he asked me if I'm going to broadcast, I said, I'm going to broadcast with you. And he said, what about? And I said, Parshat Pinchas. So he goes, well, I guess we are zealots, right? We, the Jewish community of Hebron are zealots. And and a lot of people will identify us as zealots. I am often interviewed as a zealot, uh, and so you know, uh, zealot in a way, zealot is in the eye of the beholder. For many, being a, being a Zionist is a zealot. For many, being uh, living in Judea and Samaria is a zealot. For others, like my mom, think, who's a Temple Mount activist and, and and a guide, that's a zealot. And and I, I think, think that, I think my mom will admit in part that she's a zealot partially. I think that Uri is entirely correct. And, and I'll tell you why. Leaving aside questions of individual actions and the difficulties physically, safety-wise, of, of the choice to live in Hebron, from, from my knowledge, and you know far better, 
that aside from this sort of sense of spiritual connectedness that people may gain, the, the community of Hebron is not living there for their own benefit. They're living there, from what I understand, for two reasons. One is that if they weren't there, Am Yisrael would be disconnected from one of the most essential foundations of our story, right? Because whatever the, the the discourse might be around the settlement movement and the extremism, et cetera, we know that if the Jews were not willing to tough it out, it would be just like Joseph's tomb, that maybe, maybe the army would escort us in there. And we saw last, recently that the army escorted Jews in to pray at Joseph's tomb and, and the, the Palestinians opened fire. So that's Indeed. one. The, so, so they're there on behalf of, of Am Yisrael, which is right. one of the signs, just like Pinchas. Right. Right. He wasn't acting on his own behalf. He was acting on behalf of Am Yisrael. The other one is they understand that God requires a connection to this piece of land. We honor our ancestors, not just because they're our ancestors, because they were, they were precious to God. And to abandon them would be to disgrace our relationship with God. And so I think I think that that Uri is is right to own that, and I think that that you know, the truth of the matter is is that zealotry has has become like a stick that people hit each other with. But we right. live in a world in which in which um, there's plenty of it, but it just masquerades as the zealotry of anything goes. Right. But by the way, speaking of uh, of kind of turn of phrases, I, I I don't we don't have time to discuss this fully, but I came up with a turn of the phrase this week, which I really like. I was with our mutual friend, Matt Mausner, and mm-hmm. we were working, and I came up with this phrase. I said, he, he recalled the phrase that uh, war is diplomacy by other means. And I said, well, you know, here, here in Israel, peace is war by other means. Uh, you know, yeah. peace. Yeah. You know, the discourse like, of peace. Right. The, the peace process. process. Right. The peace process is, is war by other means. The, the zombie, which has been killed more times, he's got more nails in his coffin. You wonder whether there's any wood left. Right, and 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 here it is back again now with this Biden visit, um, and we shall see what exactly happens. It's a recycled world he's peddling. Yes, well said. Yes, I think that's right. Um, Let's say hi to a few more people. First thing we got some, uh, I think some Spanish cordial saludo de sede Cartagena, Colombia. Okay, Cartagena, Cartagena, Cartagena. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. So we have a, from Colombia. Very good. Thank you very much. A cordial salute right back to he you, says, sir. He says, he's a cordial hello right, right. from Cartagena, Colombia. That's right. Okay. Five, five years of high school Spanish and middle school. I was there. Well, <laughs> I forgot it all in the face of Hebrew. All right. It's a beautiful language, though. Uh, certainly is. And Joseph says, Lord's blessings to you from South Iraq. I wow, love Joseph. the internet. What, I love it. What on earth are you doing in South Iraq? Do you live there? Are you a soldier stationed there? I'm just so curious. Or maybe he's a Christian Muslim or a Christian Arab, excuse Christian me. Arab. Living there. That's what or, he could or, live there. Or, no. or, or, or maybe a Muslim Arab. I don't know. All kinds of folks. So God bless to you as well. That's true. I mean, yeah. It just sounded Casey, very Christian. Yeah. KC says, Shalom. Sonia says, Shalom from Texas. Uh, and back to Steve. He says, Discovered an observant Israeli owner of a t-shirt store, t-shirt store in Custer, South Dakota. Shout out to Ellie, Amit, and Natan. All right, <laughs> I want to hear about this t-shirt store in Custer, South Dakota. Always looking for that's good an uncomfortable swag. name. I gotta what, say Custer? that I have, to, I have to say Custer is Custer, South Dakota is an uncomfortable name. Why Custer was the because he was the military leader of uh, Little Bighorn, right? Yeah. Uh, one of one of the the greatest defeats that the American cavalry faced in there campaign to destroy the natives of the land it's a, yeah. a tough story there tough story right. by the way great dustin hoffman film if you've ever seen uh which little one big man little big man you've never seen it no 
Oh my goodness. No. Oh my Is goodness. That a good movie? Yeah, okay, okay. Fantastic. Little Big Man. Okay. It's about, it's, yeah, it's about uh, it's about uh, Custer. I will check thing. it out. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, Zara Israel says Shalom from Bell- Bell- Bellingham. I read the prophets, especially Ezekiel, and do not listen to our media. I also listen to the Torah Code with Rabbi Glazerson and won't mention what was encoded there about the 2020 election. People can look it up. I have a question about the Book of of uh, Hanoch, or I think it's probably Enoch. Why isn't it included in the Tanakh? Kabbalist alleged that he is Metatron. Something is amiss. <laughs> Ooh, there's there is a can of worms that I'm not so sure yeah, I'm ready to open yeah, up there. Yeah. yeah, this is this is this is not the Metatron channel exactly, but uh, <laughs> we try to stay out of the apocrypha here. We're, but, we're sticking right. to the canonized. That's right. But but similar though is of course the story of uh, Pinchas and Elijah, and I think that that's something to do with what we're talking about today. Yitzi says, very excited, by the way, history today is made with the first ever Lego store opening in Israel today. Oh, I, I can I, connect to better, that. I want to see a Lego flag of Israel. I'm excited about that. Okay, I'm excited about that. Uh, we have many more people saying hi, but let's get back to the text. Uh, great. The, the, the other great leader that we're dealing with um, is Joshua, Yehoshua ben Nun, and he gets the nod. He gets the call. Uh, Moses, the hands. Is, yeah, yeah. He, he Moses is told like Moses understand that his time is up, and the mar- the mark of a great leader is that his essential element is that he is caring for the flock. It's not his leadership; it's his leadership. <laughs> am I but, am I making am I bolding here properly? It's not his leadership; it's his leadership. Okay, that's in my the, yeah. In the same way that Pinchas was filled with concern for God. Right. Moses is Moses filled with concern with the people. He's not worried about mm-hmm. himself. Right. God says that's it. That people... And he says, okay, but who's going to be in charge? It's a fantastic exchange. If you look in, you know, uh, in chapter 27 here, let's say we can chapter start. Chapter 27, book six. of Numbers. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. And, and, and in verse 16, Moshe makes his request that God should appoint, mm-hmm. right? He says, right? You should appoint, uh, you know, some some important person. Ish is a is a significant. Doesn't just mean man. It means a person of significance. But this mm-hmm. characterization of God is Elohei Aruchot Lekol Basar, right? The 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 God of the spirits of all flesh. And Rashi explains that that God is able to relate to everyone in their individuality. And that's what Moshe means, the spirit of all flesh. And God's response when he says that, when God says that, uh, that Yehoshua has been chosen, says uh, in line 18, right, Take Yehoshua, the son of Nun, right, someone who has that spirit within him. Mm-hmm. And if you look, the Rashi just lays it out so perfectly that, that, that um, on one hand, what Moshe's request seems to be is uh, a little bit um, problematic. He says, he says what? Um, why was it says? It says, you know, you know, everyone's approach, their opinions, their thoughts. They're not, you they're got, not, you got, like, you know, you know, everybody's thoughts. Right. And you know that they're not like one another. He, right. he says, you know, appoint a leader Right. Who should be able to sovel is an interesting word. I would say, you know, a sabal is a is a porter. 
right. someone who you know schleps things. So he's able to bear each person according to their perspective. Right. Now you might think that that means that what he's looking for is a is a leader who's a pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know he can surveil He wants someone who's just oh yes 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 and you yes 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 and and there's a power to that. President Biden was elected in order to do that in many ways. People wanted someone who would be nice and speak to them the way they wanted to see the world. And it's not essentially bad, but that's not who Yoshua was. Because when God says it back, bo, how does Rashi explain what's that mean? He says, Kasher right? Like you asked, He says, just like you asked, Moshe, he's able to stand up against it, like, and to, and to sort of like, be not necessarily in opposition, but to be face to face with each one. Meaning, he's not going to agree with everyone. I mean, Yoshua knows what's right and what's wrong. He's Moshe's chief student. But when he explains to people the world, when he seeks to lead them, he does it in a way in which he understands the people he's looking at. Right. He doesn't have to reduce them to some sort of bit part in his worldview. He can, he gets where they're coming from, but that doesn't mean that he <clears throat> sort of uh, uh, you know is going to just simply lead them where they want to go. There, there are many types of Jews even today, and oh, yeah. the more you you kind of experience different kinds of Jews and lovers of Israel, uh, you understand where they're coming from and you understand their language. And there's there's a statement that that every ahead every one of the members of the Sanhedrin, the Great Jewish Court, spoke seventy languages, and right. I always understand that to mean that they basically spoke, they knew how to speak. Karlbach, and they knew how to speak Breuer's, and they knew how to speak Yeshivish, and they knew how to speak Chabad, and how to speak Breslev, and how to speak Sephardi, and how to speak, but within Sephardi, how to speak Edota Mizrach, and Moroccan, and Tunisian, and, and, and Yemenite, and, and, you know, all the, the, the and Iraqi, and, 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 and SY, which is a totally different thing, uh, and, and Yerushalmi, as opposed to Tel as opposed to Bnei Braki, there's a lot of many uh, cultural cues and languages, and, and when you when you understand them and you can also relate to them, uh, that makes a big difference. And and I, I I think what he's saying is, I guess I guess I haven't thought of it this way, but if you want to work on leadership skills, it's really understanding different kinds of people. Uh, and um, I forgot what's that guy's name, Scott Adams, uh, who writes these you know the Dilbert cartoons, and he writes also business books. Uh-huh. So I, I read one of his books, and he said some very interesting things. Like one of these things that he said is, learn all the cognitive biases, like study them, the different cognitive biases, and that will help you make better decisions when you know when you're cognizant of the cognitive oh, biases. Right. I'll tell you when I used and, to work in the outdoors, we talked about the differentiated model of leadership. Mm-hmm. You have to be in touch with your group, otherwise, how can you lead them? At the mm-hmm. same time, you can't just be one of them because you get swept along wherever they want to go. You have to right. stand enough apart from them that when you know what's right and wrong, you're able to be a leader and say, no, mm-hmm. yes, I understand where you're coming from. I know you're afraid or I know you're excited or I know fill in the blank. Nevertheless, I also know what's right. I'm the leader mm-hmm. here. Uh, th- yes, it's very, it's a, th- there's, there's a lot there. Um, and there's also something about how, how God treats us, where he kind of knows our heart, but at the same time gives us the choices. And he's there with us, but he's also differentiated by a lot. 
sometimes um, sends us clear messages, sometimes seems to be completely and absolutely absent. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, one last uh, set of leaders that we'll talk about today is the daughters of Tzlav Chad. Uh, they are five daughters. According to Rabbi Eric Levy, their request is not so much about the laws of inheritance, but rather about the specific sin of their father. And they make a claim, our father did not make a sin that merited his loss of inheritance in the land of Israel. Uh, what is his sin? It is unknown. There are really two major opinions. One mm -hmm. is that he was the wood gatherer or slash chopper who desecrated the Sabbath all the way, you know, a few Torah portions ago uh, after the sin of the spies. And there's this story about this guy who, who, who chops woods on the Sabbath, uh, chops wood on the Sabbath. And, you know, folks ostensibly are telling him, don't do that. And he keeps doing it. And then he's taken to prison until until God told Moses what to do with him. And and he was told to to kill him. Uh, the one of my favorite understandings of that is that actually he was a righteous person who wanted to show the Jews that the Sabbath still matters, that the laws still matter. And even if you're going to go into exile and so therefore he's kind of a leader of he's a little bit exilic or I would call him even a Reish Galuto, the head of the exile, where he's saying, look, we're going into exile. We got to keep the Torah and I'm going to sacrifice my life to show you how important this is. So that's so, an interesting reading. Yes. I, I've seen it in, in quite a few places, and he he you know he is this guy who who's not he's not just a dope you know that I, I Rabbi Eric Levy actually made it look like he needed the warmth or something like that. I'm like no 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 no. Well, I mean it's interesting because it fits the the simple reading of of the the statement of his daughters who put forward the fact that their father died for his own sin as a justification for why they should get his inheritance, which has always struck me as very strange. You think you downplay that part. You say, well, all right, my dad, he got pneumonia, nebuch, you know, <laughs> like, why are you mentioning his sin? So it's very nice what you're saying is that in a sense, he's, it was essentially what we call a vera lishma. The sages right. said that the one can do a, a sin for the sake of heaven. It's, an, it's an, a dicey, edgy move, but it fits right together with Pinchas. Right. What Pinchas right. did was murder. There's no question. Except in the end of the day, it was completely and absolutely for God. That's and right. So he receives Davka a covenant of peace. Very good. Okay, that's a great connection. Uh, but but that's one. Uh, we're still back at the daughters of, of, of Tzlavchad saying that our father did his sin, but it was not one that merited not to get the land of Israel. So one option was that he was the wood gatherer. And in my read of that is that he was kind of the head of the exile, explaining that he, he was a little bit like Yohanan ben Zakkai. You know, like, we got to keep the oral Torah. We got to keep the commandments. We're going into exile. And then there's the exact... We're going to break some rules to do it. Right, we're going to break some rules to do it in order to show it up and may, in order to, to accentuate, to, to highlight that point. Switch over to the other side of that, of that potential equation of who was Slav Chad. He was one of the Ma'apilim, one of the folks that forcibly went to the land of Israel after they were given the decree that they are not going to enter the land of Israel. And therefore, he is a hyper Zionist. He feels he he says, God, I apologize. And now we shall go into the land of Israel. We must go. Moses says, don't go. And uh, that can, that that group of people gets destroyed ostensibly, although there's there's another way to read it. But in any case, 
The simple reading is that they get destroyed and they went against God's will, but they went against God's will because they were like, no, you're right. And we got to go to the land of Israel. And I don't accept the punishment. Rabbi Nachman would say, that's the right way to do it, which is like to be like, do whatever the the house the the, the head of the house tells you to except for leave right and they just yearn to go back into the land of Israel but it was not the right way to do it and therefore he is either the head of the exile or head of the Zionist Zionist you know, right like you see what I'm saying like like a a little bit a shtickle secular Zionist because he's going not with God not with the Ark and so. On one of these polls, he 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 did wrong, but it was for the sake of he- heaven. And comes these daughters and they say, we want our share, our father's share in the land of Israel. And through because doing why that, should they his also, name be wiped out? They also show the tendency of the Jewish women to yearn for the land of Israel. They are thereby fixing the sin of the spies, the rejection of the land of Israel. And here's a new generation that's yearning to go in, that's not afraid, that's demanding, that has chutzpah, that wants to own the land, wants to hold on to the land, that has a vision for the future. And here are these incredible five women listed by name. More than once in the Bible or, or the, in the Torah, they listed by name. And here they are like, this is, there's, there's how should I say, S- feminine strength. We're going in with strong women for this next generation into the land of Israel. It's actually in this parsha that Rashi brings the midrash that says that the the decree, the gezerah, that um, all of the generation would die in the wilderness, only applied to the men. Sure, because because the women didn't lose faith in the land in the same way that they brought their musical instrument, instruments out of Egypt because they were certain that God would redeem us. So too, even with all the difficulties that the children of Israel faced in the opening sort of section of their of their movements toward the land, they had complete faith. Rev. Mike Foyer, uh, we just have a few more little comments, and then I want to let you go. Your day started this morning at 4.30 in the morning, and it's now uh, uh, past These days, that's when it starts. I mean, what are you going to do? God said the sun should rise. Oh, wait, can we just talk about one second? The the photographs from the the Webb telescope. I don't know if you've been looking at... No. You haven't haven't seen it? No. Ben Matt? No, I, I've been I've been you, practically incommunicado. You 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 must, okay. You must go to the NASA site and look at the photographs of the universe exposed for the first time ever on a scale of glory that is inconceivable. Ma rabuma secha Hashem. Okay. The, the 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 glories of creation that we are able to grasp today need to be a source not just of inspiration but of gratitude that that. That, that, that God, I mean, I, can't, I cannot communicate. I'm not going to do injustice to what mm-hmm. these pictures are. And to just think that this is literally a snapshot of, of, of the glory which God infused into creation. It, it is, it, I, I, I've been so moved all week. I just had to mention it. I haven't even seen it. I've been like so like in Hebron tour. I've been touring every day. There's been weddings every night. And I've been working. I was today in work clothes sweating in the sun moving rocks like i was drying up the mud swaps or something like that it was just like i've been the, the internet and and everything has been not not in my first uh, that's good line for you. this week yeah it's, been, it's been really good so i will check out the glorious images of god that reminds me about that first like those gemini missions 
where they rounded the the moon for the first time and they read from the book of Bereshit. They read from the book of Genesis. It's, Always amazing. It's even, it's even bigger. The pictures defy imagination. Wow. Okay. Amazing. So Erica from Sweden, Erev Tov, rabbis, Shalom, Erica. Denise from, uh, from New, New York. York says, Shalom from New York. Marilyn says, Shalom from North Carolina. Here's a question for you. Joseph says, I have a question. Can we pray with English or Arabic language? I asked friends. He told me that that's wrong to do this. What's your you should pray. You should pray in whatever language flows most easily from you. And that's, that's Jewish law, by the way, with the sole exception of Shema Yisrael for a Jew. The declaration of God's unity should be said in Hebrew. But with the exception of that, a person should pray in a language which communicates their thoughts most correctly. Right. Absolutely. And you got to pray just to make it today. God, listen, Hebrew is the holy language. So when you speak Hebrew and you can speak in, in but it's also the Jewish language. If you're not Jewish, it's certainly no obligation. And, and most even if you are Jewish and you don't speak right, it. Right, right. Talk, talk to God. And I, there's a new sticker around Hebron, which I love. It's got two words. Daberito. Daberito. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's it. That's, those are the two words. There's nothing else on the sticker. Not one thing, it. not a website, nothing. It just says Daberito. Just talk to him. <laughs> That's I great. just saw that sticker. I'm like, everyone, you're the best. Anyway, uh, um, Rev Mike Foyer, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I want other people to join you further uh, through your website, Rev Mike, uh, RevMike.com and JewishStory.co. Uh, your other show is a history show, which is fabulous. I am a listener as well. Uh, and also uh, people can avail themselves of your spiritual counseling. So definitely, definitely um, uh, something to, to look out for. And I really want to thank you. I also want to say hi to Michael, who says Shalom from Germany. So we really have folks from all over the place. All over the world. Uh, joining us. And his name is Weingart, which I'm guessing is like wine garden, which is um, like a vineyard. And, really? and really, grapes are just a week away here in Judea. We're so close. From, from being like just exploding. What a year of grapes it is this year. It's going to be the Shemitah year. Of of amazing grapes, and it's it's just giving me the feeling of Mike that like Hakolba said, or everything is from good, everything is from God, everything's going to be okay, and we'll get through this the, this visitation, um, you know, mostly unharmed, and uh, and Bezrat Hashem, uh, we'll see great things coming our way, Bezrat Hashem. Yeah. Amen. Allison says hi to you from the UK, and with that, Rev Mike Foyer, I let you go. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us, and Shabbat Shalom to you, sir. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. All right, folks, we are very privileged to have Rev. Mike Foyer with us, and it's a privilege in general to broadcast to you, with you, to share with you thoughts from Judea, uh, from this great land, from the good land, right? And we are reborn in this good land. And, and, uh, I'm, uh, and uh, we, last week, uh, my friend uh, Levi wrote to me, how do I know about uh, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee and being the good land? And one person, Ari Silverman, knew exactly where he came from, uh, but other people did not yet. Uh, and so I'm, I'm actually thinking about getting a Milwaukee hat. And I asked you last week, if you have any cool hats that say the good land or anything that, that is, that is, that is Israel, Judean, Jewish, let me know about that. would love to, to, to get some hats from that. Uh, I also want to thank all of our amazing sponsors. Uh, first thing it's Israel365.com. Uh, they do great, great news from a biblical perspective and also put out a great Bible that you can own called the Israel Bible. It's just a must own for you. It's theisraelbible.com. Great translation, great transliteration, great graphics, great commentary about the land of Israel. Check it out, uh, theisraelbible.com and put in coupon code Yishai, bang, and you will get 10% off God's holy word. You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't beat that. 
Uh, I want to thank the good folks at Prohibition Pickle, my good man, Chaim, uh, making delightful delectables for Shabbat uh, and delivering it to you all over Israel. Okay, I myself, as, as is uh, known to those who love me, uh, a salami connoisseur, uh, a little bit on a break because of my uh, liver issues, but okay, it's getting better all the time and I'm feeling better and I've lost weight, I'm getting healthy. Uh, and it's going to be soon time for me to, again, get some Prohibition Pickle. And definitely some of that stuff is good for my liver, like good pickles and sauerkraut and all that kind of stuff. All the sour stuff is good for me. So that's a lot of fun. Check out prohibitionpickle.co.il for uh, a Shabbat experience and to share a Shabbat experience with somebody else. So that's really fun. I want to thank Moshe Herman, Yocheved, uh, Tabitha, uh, Ben Bresky, and Lou for making the show happen and getting it out to the world through the net waves. It's really, really neat. And you guys are a great team. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to thank the Land of Israel Network for putting out our show, Ari and Jeremy, and their great programs, including uh, The Fellowship. They're doing great work. I also want to thank the JewishPress.com uh, for uh, putting out our show every single week and really being a great teammate. I'm very proud to be part of the JewishPress.com uh, family. And check out their email. It's my favorite of all the news emails jewishpress.com the jewish express i named that i made that title many years ago and of course last but not least and and there's more last but not least but before those is the jewish community of hebron and uh, you want to visit hebron everybody does and so check out hebronfund.org forward slash tour and uh, hebronfund.org forward slash tour is really the best way to visit hebron through the auspices of the one and only Rabbi Simcha Hachbam, who usually leads the tours, and he is a legend, legendary a tour guide who brings you not just to tour Hebron, but to understand it, to feel it, and to remember it forever in your hearts. So that's hebronfund.org forward slash tour. Right. With that, I also want to recommend that you help me continue to build the land of Israel. Partner with me through going to uh, my website, ishaifleischer.com, and go to the donate page for the big projects, including the beautification of the tomb of Ruth and Ishai. And for smaller gifts to support this show, this ongoing show, your hard-earned money and support and love is felt through buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. That's right. Um, that's it. You know, leave four-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, uh, you know, be a friend on the social media, including Twitter, where we have a lot of fun. Facebook, where we also have some fun. Instagram, and what else? I should really get into, uh, what do you call it? Uh, LinkedIn a little bit more, but it's it's been it hasn't called to me as much yet. But if you write me an, an email saying Yishai, you got to get on LinkedIn. I'd, I'd appreciate the the push. That's Yishai Yishaifleischer.com. We finish up the show with a gratitude to Hashem. God Almighty, more powerful than President Biden, more powerful than anybody else in the world. He's the creator. He's the beginning of it all and the end of it all. It's his. It, the, the, it, the world is his. He contains the world, but the world does not contain him. I want to bless you out there wherever you are with lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you. Write me an email, yishaifleischer.com. More great stuff is on the way in the world. And there is love, and there is greatness, and there is strength, and you're part of it. So keep broadcasting it yourself. More great stuff is on the way. Lots of love, and shalom. Enhance your faith. Deepen your understanding. 
align your destiny with the Land of Israel. Subscribe to the Land of Israel Fellowship, an exclusive virtual seminar led by Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramowitz, with live weekly interactive sessions and ongoing personal mentorship. Subscribe and join this global awakening at thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship, bringing the Torah from Judea to the world.